one of the things that uh, the censors had to say about this movie, the censorship board, uh, was that like there was like a mention of a toilet in the script, and uh, <laughs> it was like you got to take out the toilet. You can't have any toilets in this. <laughs> I think that was like classic Hollywood protocol. Cause like, it's so fucking funny. <laughs> I think, I think maybe I saw like some like random Hitchcock documentary and like, they're giving him a lot of credit for having a toilet scene in psycho because like that wasn't like a thing that happened. So I guess the, the league of decency was not with the potty humor. You know what I yeah. mean? Even, even more than that, they let the innuendo slide, but it's like, once you get to the bathroom, that's that's a little too much. That's, that's too tasteless. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, I mean, I've I've pulled up those files the from the censorship like archive uh, about a couple Ford films, and usually it's just like for the most part, it's just like, all right, we we know that you're going to show these guys booze, and can we just keep it to a minimum, just like <laughs> as little drinking as we can show on screen, please? And uh, there was one song, like one Irish song they were going to include that had the words hell and lover in it, and I guess that had to get scrapped Holy too. Holy shit. <laughs> Damn. That's, I feel like that's I- crazy. Yeah, but he replaced it with another one, I guess. Uh, you know, Ford has always got plenty of songs up his sleeve. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> plenty of shanties. We're talking about Ford Apache on uh, the After Hours feed of Extended Clip, and it is it is the After Hours tonight. It's a <laughs> it's a late one tonight, boys. Yeah, we usually don't record this late, huh? But like, like I said, now we really have that after dark feeling. We've kind of had our days, you know what I mean had time to process you know what what we did and now we're just kind of decompressing and the filter's <laughs> off i guess who knows what we might say that's all i got you know <laughs> it's it's a weird it's a weird one I, i've been thinking about this movie because i watched it this morning kind of and uh throughout the day i've been linger it's i've been letting it linger with me and i did a little bit of research including that censorship stuff which was pretty minimal but I also saw one other newspaper review I saw was uh, from none other than the Daily Worker, uh, and it was it was not a fan of this, and it was saying like it was just like impeding doom for where this film premiered at the Locarno Film Festival. It says like uh, Hollywood studios have entered such formidable artistic slop uh, as Ford Apache, blah blah blah. Uh, since this group of stinkers will be competing for prizes with films by the best directors on the continent, including Roberto Rossellini, uh, it's very easy to see that the results for our country will be very sad, very sad indeed. And I just found that kind of funny because <laughs> crazy. Uh, yeah. the film won best director and cinematography at Locarno too. <laughs> I thought, you know, I heard the Daily Worker, and I thought I was going to hear, you know, like a. Uh a labor critique or something like that it just it was just a bad movie review that's just yeah, yeah. it was just calling it a stinker that that is <laughs> that is funny you know you kind of see that current day you know like quote unquote like socialist podcast it's like it's like yeah we just like review marvel movies and like we're socialists too <laughs> it's like it's sick i don't know i don't that is that is pretty sick <laughs> best of both worlds yeah no thor ragnarok <laughs> is about the working man <laughs> I mean, what what better symbol of the working man than a you know a chiseled uh, man with a hammer? You know, empower the yeah. If you want to write that, if you want to do a full write up on that, you could use that sentence. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> JT, how was your day? Um, it was good. I mean, I was like 
I saved this to the very end of my day, the Ford viewing, so I could just uh, like come come out hot because I knew I uh, I'd seen this one before. I loved it, and I was eager to revisit it because I uh, love the Fonda performance, and I feel like because of the arc of Fonda's character. I mean, like, Ford oftentimes can have a lot of, like, really kind of, like, cynical, like, stuff or, like, dark things if you, like, think about it. But this is just, like, really bleak in just uh, the way his character ends. And uh, that was the largest impression it left on me. But I, uh, there's a whole lot of beauty here, too. <laughs> um, my day was good, you know, because I, I figured that would be next. Um, you know, I've been grinding all day homework you know i read the read this uh i guess anthony bourdain wrote a book there they might you know there might be a pilot about that who knows but uh um fort apache was kind of like the first movie that got me ford pilled i, I feel so i kind of I have a special you know it has a special place in my heart and you know um you know shout out to tarantino the ford hater probably his worst opinion that he thinks yeah. sean ford sucks um, but I saw it at the New Beverly on a film print, so I I think that def- I think that definitely helped too. You know, just getting you know the texture of it all. But yeah, I think Fort Apache, even because I think I was really on that first viewing, probably like super high and just kind of soaking in the visuals, which is like that's what's great about the Ford movies. You could do that. Costa did that. He talked about that. But um, like this time, I was you know I know we're visual. You know. We were more, you know, visual formless, but I was reveling in the themes, you know, I was getting into the themes, the acting and uh, just kind of like this lax uh, army community that Ford paints. And also, I did not remember this movie being that funny. I was cracking up. Like, oh, the yeah. Entire it's so time. This movie's very funny. funny. Up until like things yeah, get I, a little, little darker. Like, I feel like first like 90 minutes, you could classify it as a comedy. Yeah, I think Ford. Uh, does a really good job at balancing the like rigid lifestyle of living at a military base and uh, the sternness and like uh, traditionalist aspects of Fonda's character with just like classic Ford bozo humor, like guys acting dumb, (laughs) uh, like cranking it up a little more than usual just to perfectly balance that out. And it works wonders here. No, yeah, I mean, some some sequences like uh, that come to mind um, that are just very funny and also just kind of visual impressive, visually impressive. But uh, I think the scene where uh, they're 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 uh, learning the cavalry, and we get to see all these people kind of fail riding horses, and it's just like this insane mishmash of like horses and all the dust coming up and these people kind of falling off, and it's all really funny, but it's also just such grand visual spectacle kind of like you know ford's usual spectacle is the frontier west and kind of like these long distant shots and he could do of course he does other things well of course too but it's like this i don't know this is a very like contained spectacle that he he uh he creates here with just kind of like horses dust and uh classic uh i was going to call them cowboys but i guess they're soldiers (laughs) well that's the thing that's what's so interesting about this movie is that it's like a post-Civil War cavalry movie that takes place in the Old West, and that's when most Westerns take place, is just after the Civil War. So it's just kind of conflating those two things, and once you get to the climactic battle, uh, and it's just an army of Apache soldiers, basically, 
it looks like another civil war and it's you know uh ford just calling everything into question i think it was jean-marie strobe said ford was more brecht than brecht and like uh, <laughs> the image of uh, and, and this is getting way ahead because I'll even describe what the movie is as on the whole uh, in a second here. But the image of the cavalry on one side of a giant, you know, rock of Monument Valley and on the other side, just the army of the Apache. Uh, that image just raises so many questions and like is so insane and i think uh yeah malcolm you're right to you know revel in the themes this is one of the most like challenging uh ford works for sure no yeah i mean i think like you're you're commending the the henry fonda performance jt and like that kind of his performance definitely kind of dials you know you in to what the themes are and it's like i i love fonda's performance because it is like a it is kind of he's very authoritarian but it's not like in you know maybe like because someone like Ford could like he has painted like I don't know, kind of like uh, gruff figures in the past as likable, but Fonda's not a gruff authoritarian. He's like almost like a sniveling authoritarian, like a, a literal elitist almost, who you know thinks himself as better um, yeah. than all these Ford Apache uh, fucking numbnut hicks or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like so, it's crazy from like the beginning. He's like talking. Uh, to his daughter Philadelphia and is like just talking about how much he fucking hates being there and just like yeah. on the wagon ride like just how he want he would rather be in Europe and like throughout he sort of takes on like I mean obviously it's like very American but when he has that like sort of uh um like the the, the towel in his like hat mm-hmm. he has like definitely a real uh T.E. Lawrence or uh, Lawrence of Arabia sort of vibe to him there, <laughs> and he feels like English, like imperialist yeah, in that. Just sense. an old school conqueror. Yeah. <laughs> so what the film is about uh, in general, if you don't know, Henry Fonda, he is a a very you know prickly and authoritarian and traditional uh, decorated army vet, and he is sent to go uh, command Fort Apache. And Fort Apache, uh, their commanding officer was recently deceased. The next in rank is uh, John Wayne as a captain named York. And so he kind of clashes with Fonda throughout his whole time there. Uh, Wayne is more, I don't want to say sympathetic, but more understanding of Native Americans and actually studies them rather than just disregarding them, uh, whether or not he's, you know, sympathetic or thinks they're, you know, terrible or whatever, uh, in a pure military sense, in terms of pure tactics, (laughs) uh, this is the difference between him and Fonda it, as uh, Fonda, you know, can wax rhapsodical about Genghis Khan's conquering <laughs> tactics and stuff like that. And it's he's just uh, he's a real wonk, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Wayne understands the economy of respect and that yeah. like you have to you have to give respect to get respect. It's so true. Yeah. Also, you know, because c- c- like with the difference between Fonda and Wayne is like, yeah, Wayne um kind of at least goes out of his way to like see what the native americans are telling him or whatever like he actually communicates with them and like yeah you look at a lot of like uh 
I don't know, just U.S. and British, like in type, like in you know, this is me using Adam Curtis information, I guess, but like, um, like kind of like their imperial uh, bouts, you know, kind of like when they would conquer countries, like there was a cruelty to it, but there was, was also just a complete disinterest in what the people living there had to say, and it's like so even doing that within like the confines of the army seems progressive because it's something that like in real life has kind of you know a lot of uh higher ups in like u.s and british army kind of failed to do that so it's like it, this is like kind of renders wayne wayne's woke performance here you know <laughs> it's not yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> well also w- one really interesting facet is that you know the uh the spokespeople and really the the commandeer of the apache this guy uh Cochise, he he speaks spanish so a spanish speaking uh member of the cavalry is used as like an intermediate and then you realize very quickly there and especially with where they are in the west it's like you know just two different cultures of people that the united states is just completely you know, I guess imperialized or whatever, uh, colonized in terms of the Native Americans and the Mexican or population of that area. And uh, it's it's pretty crazy. All the like barriers of communication uh, in terms of the translating scenes and especially when Fonda goes to what is supposed to be a peace talk uh, and oh. all of the the rituals that are broken. No, Yeah, I mean, I've, something that's that's a quality I've always liked with directors and it's a small detail and it's like, I don't know, something that could probably, might not even make a movie better for some people. But like when you just have like kind of that cultural awareness to like show, you know, like, oh, you know, the, the language that they could have communicated in, you know, was uh, um, Spanish or whatnot back then or something like that or something. I don't know, something like I noticed in like Abel Ferrara movies, too, like like uh, just, you know, the 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 use like Welcome to New York, just a uh, kind of just cultural knowledge on screen, too. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Like I said, I'm reveling in the themes this episode. But uh, um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, one thing that I think that's interesting in terms of to revel in those themes <laughs> is the sort of woker aspects here of like uh ford uh sort of showing that uh fonda like sort of gets his like there is hubris to his ability to uh or his failure to respect the native americans on that sense is like contrasted with his love of like military camaraderie and like hanging with the boys like because while it does have that like Fonda's story ends in a very dark way where he has led a bunch of men needlessly to die and he himself dies because he just would rather um I, he he's set in his ways about how he thinks uh the Native Americans act um but then it does sort of like backtrack there when you end with Wayne like sort of waxing poetic about like the legacy of it and like but it's clear that's more of a sense of like the camaraderie of the boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, also how I kind of take because yeah, that ending. I don't know. Usually, someone could put on a you know professor cap, you know, um, you know, get their chalk from the chalkboard, and, you know, drop a, a conclusion <laughs> where it's like, oh wow, you know, what a like imperialistic endorsement of the U.S. Army. Where it's like, I mean, yeah, it's somewhat on that level, but it's also I feel like this movie goes out of its way to show you kind of like the specifics of living in a military community and kind of like, uh, you know, the weird stuff that could kind of arise out of that, 
like think of uh or just kind of like you know the camaraderie that's shown on screen and that that's usually contrasted by like fonda entering a room and not really understanding what it means to live in a military community and it's like i guess it's like uh he's kind of conflating it's just like um you know for these people war and life you know we're one of the same and so mm -hmm. it, it, it just creates a very interesting environment and you know this fort apache base that a lot of uh specific tensions arise out of that and in terms of camaraderie also it, it's very important to note that so many of the people that are at this base uh were in the civil war together in the irish brigade and so it's like a mainly Irish uh, cavalry here. And, you know, there's a lot of jokes about Fonda not being able to remember their names. There's a lot of people with the same names, etc. <laughs> uh, very good stuff, usually. Uh, all the stuff where they just are so, like, ready to drink. Like, when Fonda tries the alcohol and deems it too like nasty or whatever he's like you must destroy it and then after he leaves the room one of them is just like we have to destroy all of this well we got a long day's work ahead of us <laughs> no he just goes off on like classic irish shit like that like i love ford reveling in those fixations and another like aspect that i feel like relates to the uh like wholesomeness of this small Irish community out in the West is um, when uh, Philadelphia is like first um, getting into uh, the town and they send for like Mrs. O'Rourke and they just shout her name down like a line of men until it reaches her. There are so many little details there that like endear you to uh, the community they have. Yeah, yeah, I I really like that note. So Philadelphia, of course, is played by uh, Shirley Temple, and she plays it wonderfully, re yeah. really great performance. But there, there's a scene where it's like her, Mrs. O'Rourke, you know, that they're all all the women uh, of the film are kind of introduced there, and he cuts to them. Ford cuts to them a few times, just like I don't know, he's just so dedicated to the milieu. He has to show you how the wives live as well, and and that's there in a lot of his films. He's always dedicated to showing the full environment not just uh the main characters as it were my fate my favorite moment with philadelphia uh comes really early though uh maybe like in the second or third scene where after she meets the young o'rourke uh and very quickly falls in love with him uh they're riding in the carriage she's talking to her dad her dad uh, you know henry fonda is talking about how he'd rather be in europe and she's pretending to fix her makeup uh in a mirror and she's actually looking off to the side at O'Rourke riding on horseback. And the image of him riding on horseback from the point of view of the mirror is just one of my favorite images in the film, too. Mm -hmm. I love the O'Rourke-Shirley Temple relationship in this movie. And it produces a lot of, like, great moments, especially kind of like the kind of like the contrast I, I keep talking about. Like, uh, there's two scenes that stand out in particular, kind of not necessarily uh, related to each other, but kind of towards the start of the film where uh, the young O'Rourke is like leaving a note on Shirley Temple's door and then Shirley Temple kind of makes it into like a whole conversation and like he's just like very bad at talking and stuff like that. And then, <laughs> and then John Wayne comes and just like makes it a whole more funnier ordeal too because that, that's just like that's just good community building. And like you said, Ford goes everywhere. 
but then like kind of when you know more of the plot kind of kicks in and i think this is towards the back half of the movie where um shirley temple shows up to the o'rourke household i think like kind of i think the mom kind of arranged it or whatever and uh there's like a like a very sweet moment where like you know the young o'rourke bad at talking you know is about to kind of uh say how he he feels about her and then you you have the reality of military life coming in you know with henry fonda being like you know your 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 dad's like a lower rank like that's like that's a bad look within the army i'm your commanding officer like you have to listen to me you can't have sex with my daughter um, <laughs> like it is it is it is like uh like it's you know with there are like some of these sweet touching moments but also it's like you know with this dedication to the military sometimes those can be taken away from you too yeah the uh the way that henry fonda domineers over <laughs> shirley temple's love life is insane and you know the scene before that that led to him barring her uh from seeing the young gentleman was when they went riding and uh so they were just out riding in potentially dangerous territory you know uh taking a nice romantic ride and horseback through monument valley and that that's another thing i really like about this film is the military life is kind of like oppressive, you know, that set it's really lived in, but it's really like, it doesn't feel like the other uh, Ford Westerns that are about, you know, the frontier old West. It's, it's so locked down. And then I looked it up and it's like, yeah, they shot all of those crazy exteriors uh, at Monument Valley per usual, but then everything else mm -hmm. uh, was shot over here in Simi Valley at one of those ranches. Interesting. And so it's <laughs> like all, you know, locked down tight together in one area. And then of course he has those vast exteriors of Monument Valley. And that contrast makes those scenes uh, shot in Monument Valley hit that much harder. For oh, him. definitely. Yeah. And it's like, kind of like, yeah, the distance he gives these shots and like, he'll definitely like, even beyond just kind of like giving you like this, you know, vast grand shot, he'll really kind of revel in certain aspects of it. Like I think about that, that scene where Wayne and the translator are uh, having a conversation. I, I, I forget exactly what they're talking about, but one of uh, the translator has a pretty bad hangover and Wayne hands him a little liquor bottle, gets a little sip. And then Wayne, you know, it's back to work. So he throws the bottle off the cliff and, you know, we spend time just, we don't see the bottle, but we just see the, the, you know, the vastness of the landscape or like this kind of canyon that they're standing over and just we get to hear it drop. And it's like, yeah, Ford, Ford, of course, one of the masters of landscape. And there's a lot of good moments in, 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 with that here. I feel like there's something I mean, to go back with a little bit to what you were saying, Eddie, about uh, how like sort of rigid and kind of oppressive it can be at times. I think that like Ford understands like a very delicate balance to like the rigid like that the fact that there's a tradition can both be like oppressive structurally like that but also very beautiful one sequence that i think like really brings that to mind for me is when they're sort of doing the the marching in a line like i wouldn't call it like a dance but it's just like the way he choreographs that and just shows that and like the the cold military precision of it all is uh it's real fun yeah it's like a scene that would usually be a real stomp and dance in a ford movie and there are there is a little bit of that in this movie yeah. too uh but it, it's just this insane rigid line dance yeah it's so weird 
but it's like um excuse me uh <laughs> now I, yeah, yeah, I don't know <laughs> you burped it out of you um <laughs> no but that dance later that they're having is broken up with the news that you know there is apparently you know impending danger indeed with the apache and uh, the last like 40 minutes or so is where this kind of does turn into a war movie uh and it's it the tonal shift is pretty rough there's still some humor to be found in it uh but i feel like every bit of dialogue takes on so much more weight you know and then when it cuts back to the women uh it just shows three of them looking out uh at you know the whole cavalry riding out on horseback and one of them says i can't even like i i, I can't see any of them i just see the flags and it's just like that dedication to service completely dehumanizes these people it's just like uh the and that that obviously is embodied in peter fonda's character uh or sorry henry fonda's character uh in henry fonda's character being like the ultimate like rigid traditional american military man and just dying because (laughs) because doing that is suicide yeah i mean it comes down to the point where he's even um fuck what's that guy's name uh who they take the whiskey from that he meachum meachum that he (laughs) believes meachum even though he knows he's like a liar and like an asshole because of his like military post and -hmm. just like that strict adherence to like structure and order even though it's like knowingly wrong is just i I mean you see the where that like leads him yeah, it's. I mean, yeah. The Wayne Wayne Fonda debates usually just end up in like humanism versus like rank or whatever. Pretty much everything, because like there's an ongoing thing where like um, Wayne will propose like a military strategy or whatever that's basically pretty much in all circumstances more beneficial to either you know the soldiers around or you know in a few cases not exactly going straight for violence to the you know natives and. Uh, so, yeah, it's just kind of like uh, Fonda with his, you know, because Wayne's dedicated to the military lifestyle, too. And I think you said, you know, JT, like, yeah, Ford's dedicated to showing the highs and lows of tradition and, you know, plot, you know, has the positives com- of camaraderie. But also, you get, you know, you get to see your fellow man dehumanized, not only in, you know, how Fonda kind of dehumanizes himself and faces bloodshed, but also forces all those men to, even though they kind of know that like they're probably going into a risky situation just because, you know, they've been trusting Wayne for so long. And he, if, if Wayne's backing away from a war, that should be, that should be a sign, right? Ultimate alpha. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <Ultimate alpha. laughs> yeah. So after Fonda like gets shot for the first time in battle, uh, he's still just like making them charge forward and just killing his own so- soldiers, essentially. Uh, and you know questioning his orders one last time uh you know fonda repeats everything to john wayne says you know any questions and it's just the most solemn like uh response and a a rare like almost not a full-on close-up but a a nice single shot on john wayne just saying no questions (laughs) and then just right before and then he dies right after just the way Uh, fonda Fonda. like goes into the dust there there's so much like beautiful use of dust and all this that just makes it seem 
so big and mythical. And I like that, uh, that when they bring it back at the end, there's already the, the portrait of Fonda up there, like already creating the myth. That that Wayne close up is is insane. Like I, I haven't really seen many moments like that from him in his career, as far as I can remember. Where I I'm seeing the the Wayne realize the the horror of man on his face, or just how how dark <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how dark the human soul could get. Like that's that seems like exactly what Wayne's thinking. He's like, damn, some people are living some really dark fucked up lives in their minds. Yeah. And after most of the cavalry is just fucking wiped out because the natives had tactics uh, and it's like, come on, you got to learn at this point. Not mm-hmm. to just march in formation and let them shoot you from the high ground. Like, uh, uh, But Ford and Cochise uh, meet again and there's no need for a translator because or sorry Wayne uh John Wayne that is and Cochise meet again and there's no need for a translator he just walks into a storm of dust and Cochise just throws down like a sword that he had and we don't even see what the exchange of facial expressions was all we just see is them as two figures in the distance surrounded by dust uh and it's such a beautiful end to the the war scene and then, of course, we get to, as JT said, printing the legend as we have the the worm journalists uh, <laughs> <laughs> taking notes, you know, uh, writing down their eulogies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they only they only remember the Thursdays. You know, that's what this I, you know, sorry to a little off track, but the name Philadelphia and the last name Thursday kind of funny. Just, I don't no, know. Oh, absolutely. Thursday is one of the funniest names ever. <laughs> <laughs> and then becoming Philadelphia O'Rourke is not that much better. Yeah. Philadelphia. Can you imagine Thursday. a guy in Philly now named Philadelphia O'Rourke? <laughs> or a girl, rather, I guess. But still, that would be awesome. <laughs> I had a dream. A dream. I, had, I remember when I was younger... <laughs> Younger, I wanted to name my like my hypothetical child that I would have later in adulthood, California. So, <laughs> California. Uh, I could just call him. Call that kind of sounds good though. To be uh, honest, I just like <laughs> California Malcolm. California Malcolm. <laughs> just make Malcolm my middle name. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> Cal for short. If they don't like the name, they just go by Cal too. They don't have to live a, a miserable, weird name, fucked up life. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Cal Malcolm Baum Jr. <laughs> the Iron Horse. <laughs> but yeah, I think that that moment, uh, that I, I, I'm getting hung up on terminology, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say that medium close up on uh, John Wayne saying no questions and realizing the horror of everything, and then still just carrying on and giving that rousing speech at the end, which is so beautiful too. Mm -hmm. And that's like the whole kind of dialectic of Ford is that he's able to find like the most supreme cinematic poetry in 
the American military. <laughs> That's the the least poetic and the worst thing ever, you know. Uh, but him looking out the window there and just seeing whether it's actually a reflection or just, you know, what he's seeing in his mind's eye of the troops marching on by and how those those troops that they knew may have been gone, but they'll live on in the next guys that come and go, just like he will live on for Fonda. Uh, and it's it's a it's an emotional speech, but it's like, it's just stating that there's just this cycle that's never going to end of evil in the American <laughs> military. Uh, Ford just finds the poetry in it. Yeah, I I mean, like, it is unquestionably, like, promoting, like, U.S. <laughs> militarism there. But I do think there is, like, I don't know, in relation to, like, Ford's humanism, I think there is a lot of poetry and, like, hope with the youth because a lot of that is reflected in the fact that uh, O'Rourke's and Thursdays now have a, a child born yeah. and so like that and uh, Wayne talking about um, the future generations of military men I feel like it's under Wayne's like more level-headed leadership seems to be gearing more and towards like while they are continuing this militarist tradition that maybe there would be less violence, I think that's kind of what Ford hopes, like that it's like there is like we got we have to sort of kill each other and die, but maybe there will be a little bit less of it. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's also it's like if you're Wayne, right? Think think like you're a military man here. If you're Wayne or, you know, any of the, the people there, that's kind of the narrative you're going to have to tell yourself. You know, there is kind of, like you said, an inherent evil in like the the cycle of soldiers getting killed. But also it's like if you're a military man, a lifelong military man at that, you kind of have to take pride in like the general ebb and flow of the military and what it represents. It's that's the security, I guess. And it, we probably don't find much security in it and, you know, for good reason. But it's like it's uh, it is like I will live on somehow. And like what what I what am I what I'm doing? You're has surrendering an yourself to a higher cause. Exactly. You're like giving yourself to something. Step one is admitting that there is a higher power. <laughs> <laughs> that higher power is the American military. <laughs> um, I I said that one of my favorite shots earlier was off the mirror, uh, and another one is a reflection early on when they're approaching the Apaches uh, for that climactic battle, uh, when it's just John Wayne and the translator riding out, they their eyes are caught by reflections and they're just like uh, using glass reflected on the sun to communicate with each other from long distances. And the way Ford uses that is so incredible. I don't know, just anytime we get out into those wide open spaces, every single moment is just so thrilling. Like the freedom of uh, riding out in the Monument Valley versus the oppression of uh being at the military base is such a great dynamic any any final thoughts on fort apache you guys yeah you know um isn't there like a sugar hill gang song called fort apache maybe i'm wrong um <laughs> something to look up for the listeners but uh i mean yeah great movie i um i you know i i love this movie when i watched it and i'm, I'm always glad when i rewatch a movie I, I still have that same love for it and you know going into ford you know that's probably gonna happen very great director uh but like yeah just i think 
because I don't know, like I think this is easily comparable to something like Long Gray Line that kind of um, even though it doesn't quite, you know, the war scenes don't quite happen in Long Gray. Are there war scenes in Long Gray Line? I don't think no. so. Okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's kind of, there's kind of like this dedication to military lifestyle and finding the sadness and the joy and the comfort and the evil and all of it and kind of just presenting this uh this you know military base is like uh the flow of life happening through there too at the same time i uh yeah just uh another great john ford movie yeah there's nothing i can do but agree with that another great john ford movie i mean ford is is the man he is just like the best american filmmaker there is i think like understanding him and his relationship to like humanism but also like dedication to american identity and tradition like i think he's key for understanding like american psyches and Mm -hmm. i don't know this is one of his greatest works i uh, really love this one a whole lot it's beautiful and complicated and uh i don't know ford's the man i hope he keeps it up (laughs) (laughs) have you guys uh have you guys seen uh ford apache the bronx no i saw that title while looking this up though is have you no i i've been very intrigued by it for a long time like i've always thought that title was amazing i've always (laughs) had it in the back of my head it's just so funny ford apache the bronx more inspired by hill street blues than ford apache apparently but like uh it's it's just like a cop drama in the bronx but from what I can tell, the Ford Apache connection seems to be pretty racist. Um, <laughs> Doesn't surprise oh no. me. Well, yeah, it's basically just like swapping out Native Americans who we took their land from and like who, you know, they saw as subhuman or whatever to blacks and Hispanics in New York. Interesting. Uh, which is like, I, I don't really, I mean, hey. Maybe we should just watch the movie. Maybe I'm just like getting ahead of myself. This might be my new favorite movie and I'm just trash talking it for no reason, you know? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I mean, it's that sounds like something that might be on like Tubi or something oh, like shit. that. Oh, shit. Pam you know? Greer's in it. Damn. Oh. Oh. Hey. Hey. With movies like Pam Greer in them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just want to get in before you give your final thoughts, Eddie, that JT, I think what your statement of like Ford reflecting American psychology is super uh good because it's like i feel like that's how most you know i feel like the most the the general person in america like doesn't want any of the violence or evil that inherently comes with like something like the army or police or whatever but still wants these systems upheld in like some sort of just in a more decent way so uh good point man it got me thinking thank you I, I mean, yeah, I, I think this is an incredible film. There's not much to add to it. I, I think that it calls into question uh, the American dedication to the military and how psychotic it can be. Uh, I think it takes maybe World War II for Ford to get even further from where he started in terms of like both him questioning American myths and becoming like... Or not becoming, but just being so attached to Americanness in general, uh, and of course, the American military is such a major part of Americanness. Uh, so, I, it's it's such a complicated work. 
and I feel like there's so much to get at that we are barely scratching the surface of. But uh, I don't know. It, it's one of the more sympathetic. I don't even know if sympathetic is the right word. Uh, but in terms of its treatment of Native Americans, it's one of the more intelligent yeah. westerns I've seen up to that point. It doesn't exoticize. Yeah, and and also the way that uh, John Wayne's character like studies them and stuff isn't yeah exoticizing. He's like, it's it still feels very grounded in reality. It's not like he's like, oh, I love these Native Americans. We you know this, this culture they got going is crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's studying them for a reason. It's much like the Searchers, the moment in the Searchers where he shoots the dead guy's eyeballs out so that he can't see in the afterlife, according to the Native tradition that he followed. Uh, it's like he's studying up on him, but not exactly yeah. <laughs> for the right reason. But that's still more progressive, I guess. Uh, than Fonda not even treating them as human. Yep. You know, you gotta, if you're gonna be doing military stuff, you know, you gotta at least show them a little bit of respect. So true. <laughs> Damn, I think I'm gonna go enlist. <laughs> <laughs> I I tried to after our long gray line episode they wouldn't take me so we could whatever. we could make this our fifteen seventeen moment dude we could we could all enlist us three of us enlist something to consider yeah, this is the part of fifteen seventeen where they were all video chatting each other. <laughs> loving old westerns yeah um what what are we talking about on the after hours feed next week. What did I choose? I'm trying to remember. Oh, yes, 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 yes. We're, we've uh, we've got a wonderful pick coming up. I'm going to have to pull up the title just to get it exactly right because it's a little long. But, uh, you know, polyamory's been in the news lately. Uh, <laughs> you know, hey, if I could get – if this is my woke way to get two chicks at the same time, I'm all for it. So, uh, uh, so for that reason, I picked – the Six Wives of Henry LeFay. Not a very well-known movie. I found it out through Tubi, and I remember watching like the first two minutes and turning it off. And it's like I can't even watch this. You know, it's like a joke. But uh, um, <laughs> Tim with Tim Allen as the lead character, and uh, I I I just need an excuse to force myself and watch this movie. And for fans of the Doctor T and the Woman poster. Uh, Henry LeFay, the Henry LeFay poster also has a similar setup where uh, Tim Allen kind of is given the biggest picture and you have the, se- <laughs> the six women around him. So uh, I-, I think this is a good continuation of a kind of a and the woman series. I like I like that type yeah. of movie. It's like one guy and there's yeah. just like eight women in his life for some reason. Good stuff. Yeah. Next up, we'll have to do Rodney Dangerfield's My Five Wives. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that before. I, I, I uh, respect to Rodney. <laughs> Always respect to Rodney. We love Rodney so much, and I think that's what we're going to close out on. <laughs> we love you, Rodney. Rest in peace. Much respect, not no respect. <laughs> that's the ironic part of it. We always remember the Thursdays, but the others are forgotten. You're wrong there. They aren't forgotten because they haven't died. They're living right out there. Collingwood and the rest. They'll keep on living as long as a regiment lives. Their pay is $13 a month, their diet beans and hay. Maybe horse meat before this campaign is over. Fight over cards or rut gut whiskey, but share the last drop in their canteens. 
faces may change, their names, but they're there. They're the regiment, the regular army. Now and 50 years from now. They're better men than they used to be. Thursday did that. He made it a command to be proud of. The command is formed, sir. Thank you, Sergeant Major. Now it's time to move. Questions, gentlemen. Oh, thank you very much, Colonel.